there's just so many times where where the business is out of balance. Mm. You know, we talked about before where maybe you didn't hire the right people or you're having supply chain issues. And I think all of those instances, like just like your body, being a little bit out of balance teaches you to, to work on those things. And then you're kind of even in a better place than you were before that. Welcome back to the show. I'm so excited you're here. And if you haven't heard, I'm doing an event. I'm doing an event with an amazing partner as well. Her name is Katrina Scott. She is the co-founder of Tone It Up. She is a branding expert. She's a community building genius. Definitely built one of the largest communities out there, you guys. She knows so much about products and podcasting and brand deals, you name it. She has so much wisdom. Every time she talks, every time we get together, I'm like... Oh my God, I learned so much from you. And so if you want to be a part of this, it is June 3rd. It's one day, you guys. We want you to get in there. We want you to learn what your next steps are. We want you to be blown away by the new possibilities, new ideas, and new opportunities. So we really wanted to do a one-day workshop because... You know, there's masterminds and there's big events, but you can kind of get lost in the big events. And the masterminds are a lot more expensive, which I love, but maybe you're not in that position yet, or maybe you just need a recharge or reset. Maybe this is something that you just want to drop into and network with all of the incredible women that are, are going to be there. Let me tell you, I already see this text list of who's on here. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I can't wait to be in this room with who is coming. So you guys, if you want to be in this room. If you want to learn about expanding your brand and your network, that's what it's called, Girlfriends in Business, expand your brand and your network. And we're going to have breakouts. You're going to learn from experts. We're going to have really intentional networking. There will be expert panels so that you can ask all of your questions. If you want to be a part of this, you have to be on our VIP text list before this is going to be where we launch and it's going to be where you get your early bird tickets from, which will be the best price. You have to just text the word workshop to the number 310-496-8363. Or or you can DM me the word workshop as well on Instagram if that is easier. And I will send you the link to get on that list. All right, let's get to it. My guest today is a mind-blowing woman. Her name is Katerina Schneider. She is founder and CEO of Ritual, a personal health brand that's bringing a new level of transparency to health and wellness industry. While pregnant and in search of a prenatal, she could trust Katerina took matters into her own hands and she pioneered a new standard of high-quality multivitamins and supplements that are backed by science and made traceable And this is what really set her apart and what we talk about on the podcast is that she was openly sharing the science and sourcing of everything that she was doing. Now it has become one of the most trusted brands. And we talk a lot about what made her make that decision, you guys. So Ritual has made more than a million customers. Are you kidding me? I don't care what you think you're going to learn this podcast. Please tune in so that you can learn from somebody who has created a million customers and has the top-selling online prenatal vitamin. 
This woman has more accomplishments than I can possibly tell you. Forbes 30 under 30, EY Entrepreneur of the Year, Inc. 100 Female Founders. You guys, she has been in everything. And I think the coolest part about this is on the podcast, I just had the best time with her. She is so down to earth. She's such a genius. And I just really, really enjoyed her company and energy. When we were done, I was like, man, I want to be this girl's friend. And she was traveling in Austin. And so she was recording the podcast in Austin, but she doesn't live there. She lives in LA. And I am at my Scottsdale house when I recorded this. And the next week I had gone to Los Angeles for a birthday party and I walk through the doors and there she is. And I look at her and I'm waving and it's not quite connecting. And all of a sudden we're like, oh my God, this is so cool that we get to hang out right after we did the podcast and we both had a great time. So we ended up sitting together at dinner and you guys, she's just truly like, sometimes you meet those people and you don't know how they're going to be. This woman is incredible. So I hope you enjoy the podcast as much as I did. There's so much wisdom here. So let's get started. Kat, I am so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be on. I have been kind of following your journey through your product in the beginning for a while. And there is nothing that excites me more than a woman who solved a problem through a product or wanted to solve a problem, created it herself, put it out there, and now is experiencing just massive success, which I can only imagine what that comes with and what you've been through. And that is what I'm really excited to share with the audience today. So thank you for coming on. And I think that that would be such a fun place to start because I know you kind of have a fun startup story around ritual. Yeah, definitely have a fun startup story and (laughs) (laughs) in whatever form that means I I think my startup story actually starts even probably earlier than most people even know I I was born in Ukraine and my family and I moved here as refugees that means something very different these days but we were living in a welfare hotel in Brooklyn and my dad eventually became an entrepreneur my mom ended up working on Wall Street and Mm -hmm. so seeing my dad succeed and follow his dreams was something that I was so lucky to have witnessed growing up and know that you can kind of risk it all and but you're at least finding you know your your purpose in life and Mm -hmm. and that was my aspiration I Mm. just know what it was going to be do you remember that? Do you remember seeing him? Like, what did, what did that mean to you watching him go for his dream? Did you watch him go through struggles or were you more like focused on, you know, what was being done? Did he ever share struggles with you? What did you see growing up? There were, there were a lot of struggles. There were a lot of ups and downs. And I knew that it was, I was already prepared that when I did start something, it wasn't going to be easy. I think for me, I, I always felt like we were well off or we were poor, <laughs> well off or we were poor. And there was kind of like no, no in between. Mm. But and so that was kind of like humbling. And my parents are, are really humble people and they still live, you know, they 
every dollar and cent matters. And that was really instilled on in me as we, we lived in a welfare hotel and $50 in a suitcase in Brooklyn. So that was always kind of the heart of something that I was around and exposed to. And at the dinner table, I would hear my dad, you know, talking to my mom around advice and, and business advice and, and really interpersonal dynamics. Mm. <laughs> and so it was something I was just exposed to early on. And I knew it was something that was just very interesting to me, but I didn't have that idea that just kept me up at night all night mm. and something that I knew that I was the right person to go and crack. Mm. So when did the, which I could totally dig in there, but I think I'm going to circle back to that. When did the idea of ritual come to you? So I started ritual when I was four months pregnant. Mm. It's what's really interesting is that I never really believed in or took vitamins and supplements Mm. regularly before. It was never a thing for you, Uh like never on your radar. So when you got pregnant, was it because people were telling you you needed them or was your body like, oh my God, I need something or what started that? Exactly. So I'd always thought it was snake oil. I grew up in a (laughs) really (laughs) health conscious household. My mom is now a macrobiotic chef. We grew up Ayurveda and kind of alternative medicine. And there was this philosophy that you can get everything you need from the foods you eat. Mm. And if you're having some kind of problem, you solve it with (laughs) example, you know, daikon radish and some fermented Mm. type of thing. Yep. (laughs) So if, if you have a problem, that's how you solve it. And so this idea of vitamins and supplements was kind of like foreign in a way, in a way to me, because it was something that that we didn't really, my family didn't really expose me to growing up. And mm. we were like really skeptical of it. And so, like you said, when I got pregnant, a prenatal was something I had to take. And you go to the, usually the doctor, if you are thinking of trying or you're trying or you're pregnant, you need a prenatal vitamin, mm-hmm. not just for your health, but the health of future generations. And I knew that I needed to take a prenatal. But then when I looked at the options out there, there wasn't a brand that I trusted. Mm. And, you know, everything from going to the doctor's office and then saying, here's some prescription prenatals, or you could take the ones in the store, but here are some prescription prenatals that we have in this cabinet. And they have everything from, you know, tuna oil, which I was like, huh, this is really confusing. You're telling me I shouldn't tuna, but this is Interesting. So that wasn't okay for me to like blue coloring and and other things that I just didn't want in my body. And then when I dove into the science, something wasn't really sitting right to me with me. And I knew that we deserved better. And I couldn't stop thinking about why I was the one that was going to solve this problem. Mm. I think the most Interesting thing is I launched the company without even launching a prenatal vitamin. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? What did that look like? So through the process of starting this business, you know, I heard a lot of voices. I mean, the first, the first part was actually raising money. That was really important to me was, was fundraising because I knew that if we wanted to do things the right way, 
and we wanted to change the industry. I wanted to invest in human clinical studies. I wanted to invest in third-party testing. I wanted to invest in certifications and things that were not even required by the industry. Mm -hmm. And to do those things, we needed money. And so I was four months pregnant, kind of waddling around Silicon Valley and Silicon Beach at the time. And and they're like, give me money. I want to start a business. (laughs) (laughs) Not the most ideal time to do that. And well, I, I guess I wasn't, you know, my belly wasn't very large at that point. So I wasn't waddling exactly, but I went into a well-known investor's office and I said, I want to start a company. This is what I want to do. And he said, you can either start a business or you can have a family. Mm. You can't do both. Mm. How how did you feel in that moment? I was both kind of horrified, but then also fueled. Mm. I was fueled by like, let me prove him wrong. Like how, if, if someone's telling me this, like this really important person, that means it hasn't really been done many times before. And, and it got me really excited to show other female founders that if that's what they want to do, they can do both and they can do Mm -hmm. both really well. Mm -hmm. And there wasn't really anyone to, to kind of role model or, or look at at this, at the time. And I think because this was a long time ago, right? Like there weren't very many female investors. People were telling me that women's health was a niche and like pregnancy was a niche. And then also I was being told that you couldn't earn the trust of the prenatal audience online. Mm. And but that that piece, I was like, that's really interesting. And that piece is actually what I think resulted in us not launching a prenatal as our first product. Mm. Because you heard that and just waited. Yeah, on especially when we're we're hearing from quote unquote industry experts or the people that we can put in that expert chair. I definitely completely understand how we can kind of put people on a pedestal and what feels like this like guttural idea that we want to be doing. You can really get shaken when you go out there to go share your idea. And it's that differentiation. Like I would love to kind of hear, you know, after a bunch of your meetings with either people that you were trying to fundraise with, but then also when you pitched the idea, how did you keep it? Like you have to put it out there, but how do you also kind of keep it close to your heart and follow your intuition at the same time of what you know it's supposed to be? I think the thing that I've learned to do the most is to trust your intuition as a founder and and figure out ways to tap into that. It's so hard sometimes because you do hear so many voices and so many opinions, especially as a first time founder, especially as a woman, especially as a pregnant woman, Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's so many voices in your head and, and tapping into that intuition almost becomes an art Mm. and like the greatest thing you can do if you can figure it out as a founder is it's your superpower I'd say it's really important in the beginning and then it becomes even more important as your business scales because your role ultimately becomes just making decisions every Mm -hmm. single day. You're no longer, I mean, you still roll up your sleeves and do things, but you have built a team hopefully and they're, you know, they're great at the things that you're not great at. And your literally job is to make a decision on dozens of things every day and to make a good decision. And the only way you can do that is if you really tap into 
into your intuition. So I think starting the company, like that was a really good test because it, it was almost like training ground for tapping into my intuition. And Mm. I left behind a lot of things that people told me, but the thought of earning the trust of that consumer really stuck with me. And I was like, you know, part of that is not all of it is right, but I want to earn the trust of this consumer. I want to earn the trust of someone who's in the most vulnerable stages Mm. of their life and deeply cares about their foundational health. And I want to do it in, in, in the right way. And I want to do, I want to do the right thing at every step of that way. And so that's what we did. And we actually launched our multivitamin for women 18 plus as our first product. And that I'm so obsessed with that product because it's such a good case study of what I was trying to change in the industry and and the standard that, that I was trying to set. It now has a peer-reviewed and published human clinical study with a major university. It now has a patent on the delivery technology, which was very exciting for my parents that I got a patent. They understood. I <laughs> love that. Yeah. They're like, no, vitamin industry, bad patent, good. <laughs> and it has USP verification, which less than 1% of supplement companies have. And it was just this epitome of like doing the right thing at every mm. step and getting the credit for it. And that was a huge success. And then we had, you know, the prenatal customer being like, when are you going to put out our prenatal vitamin? And I'm so proud because we now have the number one selling prenatal vitamin in the U.S. online, which is Mm. wild. I love hearing this and I love your approach because I'm actually, I'm from, oh my God, probably 17 years now, been in the, had started in the health and fitness industry. And it's always like, how do we know? How do we actually really know this is good? And so I love that your whole approach is transparency and making it easy for people to know. Like it's not hidden. I don't have to do some crazy research to try to figure it out because number one, I have taken more supplements than I can possibly tell you. And I'm like, I just want to know this is working and that it's good for me because I'm doing it every single day. I think a supplement works even better when you actually know that info, you know, because we know placebo effect can work as well. And I feel like it adds to like, when I truly know this is a good product, I think that amplifies an already amazing product, which is really cool. So I love having that info that you put out there. I want to back up just for one second to the raising money part, because there's a lot of people, a lot of women listening right now who have big ideas and big dreams and that portion intimidates the crap out of them. They don't know where to start. They don't think they're worthy of being invested in. And I think that the more that we can chat about it and demystify it and let people know that it's, I raised money for the first time a couple of years ago and it was like one of the scariest, most overwhelming things in the beginning because you just don't know. And then once you get started, I feel like oh, it's not as crazy as I thought. So can you tell me about how you felt about raising money beforehand, how you decided what route to go, and then kind of the initial starting to ask? Raising money is almost like a contract in a way between (laughs) yourself and, you know, your investors. And I think one thing that I feel like founders do wrong, especially female founders, is they're just like allowing the investors to just interview them and ask them all the questions. Mm. And it's so much a two-way street 
And we've seen this in the last couple of years where things get like really gnarly out there. We just had an almost, you know, mm. big failure with SVB mm-hmm. and COVID, you know, where and the pandemic literally shut down businesses and operations and supply chain challenges. The last few years have been some of the hardest years to run any business or any operation. And I think a lot of companies that have succeeded in some ways are A, because they have great founders and operating teams, but B, because they kind of made the right picks Mm. on the investors early on. And your job as a as a founder, especially in the early stages, is to, or to make the right picks and and don't follow the hype. I would mm-hmm. say, like, really pick investors that are gonna be gonna be in it with you. And I think mm-hmm. that that's something that I feel really proud of having kind of navigated this industry. Is is I picked investors that are in it through the good times and the bad, and there's gonna be both. And even though, you know, virtual now has had over a million customers and we're a nine figure plus business two years ago and have been growing since then, it's still more important than ever to have, have these partners that are just so supportive during these Mm -hmm. wild times that we're, we're living in. I, you know, especially just talking about thinking about you and your company through the pandemic, what were some of the things that when you started to see what was going on in the landscape of the world, what were some of the things that you were like, oh, if I don't do this, this is not going to be sustainable? Were there some major things that you had to to change right away or pull back on? Did you have to let people go? What did that look like? Yeah, it's interesting. I think about March 8th and exactly where I was in the office. I was eight months pregnant. I was oh, wow. my third girl. So I've had three girls since starting the business. And it was early days where there wasn't that much information around what was going to happen. But we have, you know, we have about 20 scientists on staff. And I was talking to our chief scientific officer, our president, and they were pretty nervous. And with information and data that they saw, and they're like, and I had to ultimately make the call, but Nobody I knew at the time had been shutting their office down. Mm. And you think about it, we're a health company. And that was the first thing that came to my mind was like, we're a health company. I need to protect the health of my employees. Mm. Even if we're overreacting, like we'll look back at this moment and everyone will come back into the office, but we are going to do the right thing by shutting our office down. Mm. And so I shut the office down March 8th, which was, you know, probably a week ahead of some of the other startups in in our neighborhood shutting their their spaces down and looking back i earned the trust of our employees because i was putting their health first our team was putting our the health of our employees first and i never regretted it for a moment mm. it was the hardest thing i think i've you know one of the hardest things i've done at the moment i needed there's so many things i needed to get done in the office there's so many complicated things that mm. needed needed us there but i didn't want to risk the health or the lives of people just in case. Mm-hmm. And that was like a really interesting theme that's continued throughout the business. You now being a mom of three and having gone through postpartum and all the things like that was something that was really important for me personally. Also parental leave. We now have five months of parental leave at the company. And then we have eight weeks of kind of an ease in period for those 
birthing parents as well. We have a childcare stipend and we have about 30% of our employees are our parents. So that became kind of a mandate for me, like, hey, you know, I started this company and forged this path where there was, you know, when people were telling me I can't have a career and a family, like I need to make it possible for others to do the same. Mm. Hey y'all, if you didn't know, Earn Your Happy is now a part of the Growth Day Podcast Network. This is so exciting to me because I have been looking for a really good home for the show for, I can't even tell you, years, literally. And now I've finally been able to come together and collaborate with other people who have incredible shows and I want to share them with you. One of the shows is Motivation with Brennan Bouchard. And you guys, if you don't know about the beginning of my career, I literally started with Brennan Bouchard's work. It's how I launched one of my very first online courses and membership sites was because he gives so much advice that you can integrate and implement immediately. And that's what you're going to get on the show. Not just motivation, but you're going to learn exactly how to get your stuff out in the world. And not just that, but Brennan runs in the most incredible group of humans who are really doing the thing out in the world that you want to be doing. So go check it out. Go subscribe to Motivation with Brennan Bouchard. I promise you this is going to be one of those shows that no matter when you tune in, you're going to get value. Like it's not one of those that you're like, God, I listened for 30 minutes and I didn't get what I wanted. Like from the beginning, you're going to get something that changes your life or changes your business. So go check it out. Motivation with Brendan Bouchard. I know you're going to love it. I'm obsessed. You had mentioned you became a a nine figure company two years ago from the start. Was this like these big goals that you have hit now? Was that in your head? Were you like, this is what I I want to be a nine figure company. I want to be, you know, whatever you want to be. In the beginning, can you share what some of those, maybe that first year goals were? And if you can remember, but then also, were you thinking this big from the beginning? I was always thinking big since the beginning, but I would say not from the very, very beginning. So before I pitched Ritual, I I was pitching a company called Needles, which was just focused around pregnancy. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Talked about before, I have needles.com and and ended up becoming a different company because I started, some of those voices that we're talking about in my head started to kind of permeate through. And I realized I wanted to do something bigger. I wanted Mm -hmm. to do something that, Yes, I wanted to be the number one selling prenatal or leading prenatal in the U.S. And I wanted to earn the trust of that customer, but I wanted to do something bigger that that was going to be with this customer for the rest of her life. This Mm. product really changed the way that she interacted with all of her products. And I was thinking about it and I remember just being up all night, didn't sleep. Maybe it was the hormones, (laughs) but I was like, what is the name of this company going to be? And the name ritual came to me and I was like, because if we're going to change the way that someone interacts with their vitamins or the products they use every single day, a ritual is the ultimate. And it's Mm -hmm. like, how do you elevate a routine to a habit, to a ritual? Ritual is something you look forward to every single day. And that's the ultimate transformation. I don't remember ever hearing of anyone talking about how much they love taking their vitamins Mm -hmm. and 
<laughs> for us, it was the first time, you know, they're kind of like the first time you'd be like, I love it. They're so minty. I love the experience. I love them how it looks. And that's where Ritual kind of was born. And I ended up, the vision that, that we formed was how do we be the most trusted destination for everyday health? Mm-hmm. That's our vision. Our mission is around traceability, traceable science and traceable sourcing that we're actually selling transparent information, not just transparent products. Mm. And that really shaped what we've done and why we've done things. And like you said, when you go, when you go to our site, you can actually see the final destination of manufacturing for every ingredient. We now list our heavy metal results for our protein. Mm. You can see the testing results as well. And we kind of lay it all out there. And I think there's such a big difference between take our word for it and let me show you. When you were getting started, did you know that you always wanted to stay the CEO? And then also, if you can kind of tell me what you thought a CEO was in the beginning and what it is now, like what that actually looks like. CEO means so many different things to so many different people. (laughs) I remember being like super little and going to the office with my dad and being with him there all day. And then at the end of the day, he took out the trash. And I was like, oh, that's what being a CEO is. I love that. I love that that was your, that it's probably served you so well, like seeing that. (laughs) Exactly. And I'm like, no one else gets to see that, but it's, it's so true. It's being a CEO is like, it's kind of the intangible things. Mm. It's, it's everything and nothing. It's it's being, setting the vision, being the brand internally, externally, but then it's also like picking up the balls that are being in the holes that are being dropped. Mm. That's like the unsexy part. And, you know, everyone tells you that you need to delegate and you can't <laughs> micromanage and all the things. But I do feel like even running a large company you're still catching those balls or you're figuring mm-hmm. out how to, how to empower other people to catch those balls. And uh, while you're setting a vision and being kind of this big picture thinker. Mm, that's a really good, it's kind of the, what's not getting moved that needs to move. And that's my job. Or <laughs> <laughs> figuring out where that goes. Yeah. It's, it's kind of the everything. I, I love that. Okay. There are a lot of people who of founders who have started companies and maybe from the beginning they choose to hire a CEO or I'm actually in a position where I'm like, do I want to remain the CEO or do I want to hire the CEO? So for you, what made you know that you wanted to be it? Or maybe you're dabbling. I don't know if you're thinking of ever hiring another uh, uh, one, but how did you know that you wanted to stay in that position? I know a lot of founders that have hired CEOs and they're happier than they've ever been. <laughs> mm. I have created the best job for me. Mm. Like, I have the perfect job for who I am and what I want to do. It's actually kind of insane. Wow. I love that. It's like, I, I can't imagine doing something or going somewhere else and having a better job. And yes, it's hard. Everything is hard. I never mm-hmm. had something <laughs> like that's not hard, but it's so cool. Like I, I get to work with our team and and create products and bring them to life and bring the vision of the brand to life and connect the you know visuals to to the products and set the vision and inspire and hire some of the best talent in the world and all those things are like things that I actually genuinely love 
doing and I couldn't do in any other role. And I get to touch so many different parts of the business. I'm the type of person that if I was just focused on, you know, one particular thing, I would get pretty bored. Yeah. And I think being the CEO really allows you to, for the people that love kind of being exposed to lots of different things and problem solving and setting strategy, like it's literally the best, it's the best job. I would say I'm really lucky because I've hired an incredible executive team that allows me to do that. And I have a president who's been with us for over five years who we're kind of like yin and yang Mm. and she's so inspiring and she knows operation finance tech and strategy better than anyone. Mm. I get to work on product development and brand and R and D and people and culture and and some of those things. And so we kind of like split the business that way. And it's a perfect combination. I also brought in the chief people officer from speaker and she was at Apple for 10 years. And like every day I'm learning from her about how to build culture. And especially in this hybrid work environment, also hired a chief scientist who's who's also been with us for so many years. He's ex-faculty at Harvard Medical School. And, but he also has an MBA. (laughs) He's like Mm. one of the smartest people you'll ever meet. And who else? And we have an incredible CMO, incredible CEO. And so, and we we just hired a chief impact officer recently. Mm. So we're working on advocacy and and legislation and set sustainability and impact goals and are really like a a leader in the industry when it comes to climate change, which is super exciting. And so I, I have these people around me that I feel like it's exciting for me to keep going because it's kind of a new level of talent for the stage Mm. that we're at. And I'm just learning. Mm. Well, I love hearing that because you've arranged yourself to get in and stay in your zone of genius. And I think that that's when you thrive as a leader or as a CEO. And I think that there, even as I'm thinking about it and the more people that I talk to, like the fact that you have all of this support around you and a president to kind of like, what are the parts of the typical CEO that maybe aren't your zone of genius or aren't for you or are going to make you too tired to do all of the things that actually move the needle, like your most important tasks. So I love hearing that you've actually created it so that it is, like you said, your perfect job. So thank you for sharing that. So we can kind of know how we can arrange that and set up our companies as well. I would just say one thing on that, yeah. the number one job you have as a CEO at any stage is hiring. And like, if you're not happy with you know, what you're doing, it's probably because you didn't hire well, mm. <laughs> to be quite honest. Did you have somebody help you with hiring in the beginning? Did you know who you were supposed to hire? Did you bring someone on to kind of help you and figure it out? And then I would love to hear your theory on letting people go, like the when you realize it. Oof, that's a hard no. one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still learning that one, but just kidding. <laughs> Same. No, I think so. <laughs> That's probably the hardest one for yeah. me. But I would say we do have in-house recruiters in-house. I would say that the team would like joke sometimes that I'm like our number one recruiter. It's something mm-hmm. that is really exciting for me. Mm-hmm. I just I just figured out how to be like a master of LinkedIn and asking for introductions. I literally, I think in the early days, I probably 
I hired a hundred percent of our team. And then mm-hmm. as the company scaled, it became like 50% or mm-hmm. something like that. I, I just love reaching out to people on LinkedIn cold. It's something that scares mm-hmm. most people, but it like, it gets me really excited. And I would say that my tip there is never to reach out and tell them that you're hiring for a role. That's a mistake most people make. Mm-hmm. So what do you, what do you say? Like, what's that typical first message? Oh gosh. I hope that like no one's listening and then they hear from me and they're like, oh, this is how she does it. Uh, (laughs) This is like secrets revealed. (laughs) I feel like this is all of like ritual success is just how amazing the people are working Mm -hmm. with us Mm -hmm. and like almost has nothing to do with me. But I would say the the first message is, is kind of just being able to ask someone to connect around a topic that you mm. want to learn from and that they're an expert in. And I think that's also like kind of the best way to interview someone too. The best people are are not looking for work. They're pretty happy where they are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think there's so many experts in their various fields. And I'm always like curious to learn more about different <laughs> different subjects. Mm-hmm. I reached out to our chief people officer because she was an expert in the hybrid work environment. And she was advising some of the world's top CEOs around, around that. And so mm-hmm. I just, oh my gosh, like, help me, help me figure this out. I just love to chat with you. And I chatted with her and I was like, and she was turned out to be a virtual customer. And, oh my God. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And then we just totally hit it off. I mean, and, you know, in the early days, I didn't know anything about nutritional science. I didn't have a PhD in nutrition or I wasn't a registered dietitian. So I had to fill those gaps. And so I wrote, I reached out to probably like a hundred plus people in that field. I ended up meeting people in strip malls in New Jersey and like really hustling hard to hire, um, hire the right people. And it's kind of the most fun thing that you can do. But I think a lot of people are like, I don't know where to start. And I don't want to like message someone cold. And the best thing you can also do is just get, if you see there's a connection to you and someone else is message that person who is a, you know, a mutual connection and ask them for an intro. That's like my number one, but usually, you know, that doesn't really happen. So you just add them and send them a cold message. (laughs) I love that. It's all networking. It's all relationships. So when you would, when you would connect with these people, are you looking for, because obviously you're, you're learning from them, of course, and this is amazing. And you're, you have it in your head that this is a possible person you might want to work with or bring on. What are you looking for? Are you looking more for a cultural fit, how you feel energy wise with this person? Is it really, you know, sometimes in certain positions, are you like, man, I'm just looking for skill set, even if there's like, maybe not, you know, maybe you don't hit it off right away. Like, what does that look like for you? What's the most important? It's absolutely essential that the culture fit is there. Mm. Like I never hired anyone that I wouldn't want to spend more time with. Love that. Mm -hmm. Like that's like the, I mean, like, why are we doing this if, we're not surrounding, like as entrepreneurs, we're so lucky because we can surround ourselves with people. We want to spend our free time, you know, our time outside of our families with. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> like Mo- it's most of your time. <laughs> uh, and I think having kids like also helps you realize that even more. You're like, I'm not with my kids because so, I'm doing this and this must be really important. And I must enjoy this as well. And mm-hmm. I think for, for me, it was culture and like feeling first. And what's interesting at Ritual, we now have a set of values and kind of a system for for hiring or deciphering that because at a certain point you're in your company skills, we have way over a hundred employees. Like I'm not at a certain point meeting everyone or mm-hmm. at least not until the final stages. And I, and you need to figure out like codify these things so that the team understands how, how to interview people for that culture fit. And I think mm-hmm. that was like one of the most challenging things. So we have a system of values, but we also have our mission around traceability and, and transparent, you know, information. Mm-hmm. And so that transparency, that level of transparency is really something that we we look for. And then also the values, but culture fit first and then skills. And I often, I'm often the one screen, you know, screening, especially I'll let someone else assess them of the some of the, the, the hard skills, um, mm. there's always people that can assess that even better than I can. And, but you're also selling them. So especially if you're trying to kind of network your way <laughs> to getting a candidate, you mm-hmm. gotta think that you're like trying to, to sell them on the vision as well. So you, mm-hmm. it's a little bit of a tricky balance and you're not going to start testing them on, on, you know, <laughs> their, their financial skills or something Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. What is something that you're struggling with right now? What is something that you're working through in the company as a leader or, you know, something that you're working on or working towards to get better at? It kind of goes back to the hiring of an executive team. So we've recently hired, we've hired a really seasoned executive team in the last couple of years and they're incredible and our team really gels well it's like Mm. work with everyone and I've actually I usually I had 11 direct reports until I don't know six months ago which is terrible I don't advise anyone to do that Mm. I had such a hard time letting go of certain functions and yet Uh. I had these incredible executives who were better than I was in these areas but I couldn't give it up Mm. for the last six months, I've I've given those <laughs> those functions away to people that are way smarter than I am and are better in those areas, and it's been a game changer. I think organizationally, how decisions are made, and what I'm struggling with—it's a struggle and an opportunity—is again kind of refinding my purpose as a CEO because I'm doing less less of the like hard work. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, now that I have more time, what am I focused on? Is it content? Is are, is it going on podcasts? You know, like, wow, mm-hmm. and now I'm resurfaced from the cave. <laughs> the uh-huh. And now I can like, you know, because I, I think that that's something that I'm, and I'm enjoying as well. I'm like enjoying being on here with you, but it's not something I did a lot of before because I was mm-hmm. so focused operationally. Mm-hmm. And it is important, especially our products are something that people put in, in their bodies every single day. We don't take that lightly. It is important for people to hear about that. For mm-hmm. me, it's the effort that we put into things versus just an ad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I want to know, how do you perceive challenges 
And like, how do you approach them? So how do you perceive them? Because they're every day. And then what is the approach and the team's approach, especially if it's something really big or unexpected? Embrace the nose. That's a value of our business. Mm. A value. It stemmed from the early days of when people were telling me no and Mm. got reframed to, if someone tells you no, it just means it hasn't been done before. Mm. And so like, how do we as a company use and nose as fuel to really take things to the next level? And so there's so many no's that I received from women's health as a smaller industry, like niche to mm-hmm. no, there is no pumping room at this, at this tech conference mm-hmm. because there's almost no women here to mm-hmm. know you can't earn the trust of the prenatal consumer online And no, you shouldn't spend lots and lots of money on the right thing, like clinical study certifications and all these things that haven't been, you know, common in the industry before. And can I just use that all as fuel to to do the right thing and and build the business? I have an interesting story, actually. So the the, the company's called Ritual. and, And when I was building Ritual in the beginning, I really wanted Ritual.com. Mm. <laughs> all of my investors were saying don't waste your time like why are you spending all this time on that and it was just so important for me to to have ritual.com and to own ritual cleanly it's like this is the most important thing people are putting this in their body every single day this can't be hey ritual or get mm. your ritual like this is just ritual and so I was like maniacally focused <laughs> on that the person that owned it's it was an obscene amount of money that he mm-hmm. wanted for the domain. It was all the money I basically raised. And I was just wow. determined to get it. And I got to know him. And eventually I got to know what he really wanted was another domain, which I ended up buying and selling to him, which was worth more. It was a short wow. domain and trading. And it was just like a incredible story of like, you know, if someone tells you, no, just push through it. And, mm. and I think the prenatal is the same, the same kind of thing where like you can earn the trust of the prenatal consumer online. And now we have the number one selling prenatal mm. in the US online and leading prenatal, you know, nationwide. And it's a very short amount of time. And how we did this was just really like doing the right thing and earning her trust along the way. Mm. And what we saw was like half of pregnancies were unplanned and half of people weren't taking a prenatal before they were even pregnant. They were going to the doctor's office and finding out they were pregnant and then taking a prenatal. But the first 28 days are when the neural tube forms. And so we reframe the conversation around thinking, trying when it's time. And now as a tech company, we can actually see that more than half our customers are in that pre-pregnancy phase. Wow. So cool to be able to like actually shift culture. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's amazing. How do you support yourself around stress, around keeping up your relationships, all of those things? How do you kind of support yourself? Who do you surround yourself with? I'm still learning how to to support myself. I would say I've had three kids in the last seven years now, three girls. I'm so lucky Mm -hmm. to have them and, and still run the company and kind of, I'm just so grateful. But I would say I've learned a lot from my husband. I feel like he is someone who's 
always prioritizing himself. And at first I viewed that as a negative thing. And mm-hmm. then I was like, well, what, how can I learn from you? How can I, you know, in certain mm-hmm. situations really like carve out the time to every day to prioritize myself, just given everything that we have going on mm-hmm. and how I prioritize myself. The the first thing is I don't check my phone from until 7am. Like A, it's bad for your health to wake up with the blue light and spike your cortisol and mm. all the stress that goes with all the emails. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's like boundary for me. Like I'm not, if you want, I'm not responding for, unless it's like a crazy emergency and I know I have to be on call for, and, you know, most days I'm not checking and I'm with my kids. Like I am so present with them mm. in the morning, making breakfast, playing like, cuddling all the things mm-hmm. really early. So that helps. And then the other thing for me is I work out every single day mm-hmm. and it's so crazy because I was never somebody who worked out at all. And like, I walked here and there, but I like barely was the, you know, I, I saw my husband and he would have the worst day ever. If he, there was, he missed one day of working out and I was like, that's so crazy. <laughs> I'm like, what is wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Now I'm that person. Mm-hmm. Literally wherever I am, I'm traveling all the time. I need to work out every single day. And for me, how I became a person that worked out every day was I reframed the workout as something that was more mental than physical. Like and ritual, like I studied habits early days. Like I read The Power of Habit. I read How Do You Form a Habit? You know, and you need that reward, cue and reward, right? And with working out, your instant reward isn't how you look. It's actually how you feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like being like, oh, this is what I'm doing for stress and anxiety and like depression and all the things that you get as a founder. Like this has helped me and helped me feel my best. And I need to carve that time out, whether it's in the morning or in, in the, the middle of the day. Like I have no shame around it. And I don't care if my employees like are, are at a you know, berries or whatever it is they like in the middle of the day, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter to me as long as, as if that's, is that's what's keeping them happy and healthy. Mm. Um, the other thing is like, I, I've kind of reframed health and wellness in my head. It's weird being someone who's running a large health company. And now I'm starting to do a lot more of these like media things and interviews and and everyone asks me like, what do you do to, to be a healthy person? And I'm like, well, I wasn't that healthy before. <laughs> Even though <laughs> like it's why I made vitamins because I needed it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but it is interesting because you, you become kind of the, the focal point for the epitome of health. When you look at, you know, doctors who I admire so much because they're helping people every single day. A lot of them are like unhealthy because they're working so hard and totally. pouring their lives into helping others. So it is kind of a weird thing, especially being a female founder and having to be this like health person. But I would say like, for me, the, the reframing and around health has been do the basics really well. Mm. I think the wellness industry, I know the wellness industry has exploded. There are 90,000, 95,000 supplements on the market today. It's insane. Mm -hmm. 30 years ago, there were like 4,000. There haven't been any major updates to regulation in 30 years. And Mm. 
it's exploded for sure. And I think what we're, we're kind of doing as a culture is, is we're, we're checking in with ourselves, which is great. And we're like, I feel this, or I feel that, and I'm going to do this and I'm going to take that. And then you look at the basics of what people are doing, like how much they're moving, how much water they're drinking, how they're sleeping, what their relationships are like, and they're not great or Mm -hmm. deficient in vitamin D or whatever. Mm -hmm. And how do we like, and that's something I've done really like recently, especially is just how do you excel at the basics? Mm. I do believe that, you know, taking a multivitamin, like walking 10,000 plus steps, drinking your weight and body, you know, your body's 60% water drink. Mm-hmm. There's like science on that, but do those things really well. And, and, and you can feel your best. I don't, I, I think we need to stop reaching for all these really expensive things that are just not, not super necessary. Mm. I love that. It, you know, when you share now there's 90,000 different products, there's no wonder that we feel so much overwhelm. And whenever I get to that place, I'm always like, okay, let's just strip it all away. What are the three things I can do for myself today? And sometimes I'm like, what's the one thing? You know, it's like, okay, how about today I just move? Or how about, okay, now I can focus on taking my vitamins because it can be, it can be so overwhelming. You should see my pantry. I'm just, I need to just start over. So anyway, (laughs) but I want to give you some space to number one, share where we can get ritual, but then also what is a thought or something on your heart that maybe is coming up that you just want to leave with all the listeners? Okay. So one thing that I would love to, to kind of leave the listeners with is something that I heard in a Speaking about balance, I heard in, in my yoga class a couple of weeks ago that really connected with me. My teacher, who is incredible, said that things have to be out of balance before they're in balance. And mm. we had just like, you know, some, you know, hopped on one leg or did the stretches on one leg. And you could feel that your body was was kind of out of balance because you hadn't done the same work on the other side of the body. And I was like, this is so appropriate mm-hmm. <laughs> for entrepreneurship and there's just so many times where where the business is out of balance mm-hmm. you know we talked about before where maybe you didn't hire the right people or you're having supply chain issues or you do have an investor that says you can't have a family or or something wild like that and i think all of those instances like just like your body being a little bit out of balance teaches you to to work on those things. And then you're kind of even in a better place than you were before that happened. Mm. That is so good. That yeah, I, I needed to hear that right now. And that's normal. Normalize being out of balance. And <laughs> it's a good thing. It helps us pay it. attention. Yeah, exactly. All right. So where can we go and get all of this great stuff? So you can buy our Symbiotic Plus, which is a pre-pro postbiotic in one single capsule, which is mm. my product. You can buy our pro, a plant-based protein where we share the heavy metals on our mm. results on our site, which is insane, or our multivitamins and prenatal, postnatal, and kids' vitamins as well as men's on ritual.com. And we're also available nationwide in Whole Foods, which has been mm. amazing. 
I just saw your stories, which is so exciting. That is awesome. Congratulations on that. And I love that it's so easy and accessible now because we're all, let's face it, we're all at Whole Foods, wandering the aisles, looking for new products that we can, you know, spend more money on. So um, (laughs) I love Whole Foods. (laughs) Um, I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for just blazing the trail. Thank you for normalizing no. And this was so inspiring. Where should we follow you? Should we follow? Well, definitely go follow Ritual on Instagram. Yep. And then do you want to share your personal as well? Sure. I'm such a shot. Like that's such a, you know, part of me. <laughs> I never share that, but it's Cat and Kale. I, that name I started when Instagram started. So <laughs> I just haven't updated it. I love that. It's like when I share, like if I have an old hotmail, I'm like, oh, let's, we're never sharing that name again. Okay. <laughs> or your AOL, AOL messenger AOL, name. Yeah. <laughs> was all, all, it was Bambi 2020. What the, don't ask me. All right. right. Sometimes people apply for roles over, and I do judge them a little bit, a little <laughs> bit when they come in with the hotmail or AOL account. Oh yeah. We don't, we don't share that anymore. Okay. So you guys definitely go tag ritual. Let her know what your biggest takeaway was because that's always just so nice to see who listened, who learned from this. And until next time, earn your happy. Bye everyone. Thanks for listening to the podcast. And I want to make sure that you have my phone number and I'm not kidding. Did you know that I have a community text number for real? My phone number is 310-496-8363. This goes directly to my phone. All you have to do is text the word daily to 310-496-8363. And I literally text you every single day, Monday through Friday, I actually just got done 30 seconds ago texting a bunch of people back and I talk to you all of the time. You guys, people always ask me how I got my community text number and how it works. Well, all you have to do is you can just go to community.com and get your own. Community makes it easy to get a phone number that you can use to build your audience using text. People just text you at your number and they're added to your group. Then you can text them out audios, video links, anything you want. You guys, I text out happy birthday videos. I love to send podcast links, thoughts about life, book recommendations, uh, different events that I'm doing in the local area. Texting gets me out of the noise of social media and directly into your hand. And now you can start texting your people too. Just go to community.com to get your phone number. They give you a 10 digit real phone number, not those weird short codes that look like spam, but it's more than a phone number. Your new number comes with an inbox for SMS and texting. This means you can actually manage your text list from your computer and an app on your phone. You can schedule texts to send at certain times and to certain groups. You can even set up auto replies or let your assistant or customer service team answer your text messages via community's awesome dashboard. Just go to community.com and ask for a free demo. They'll show you how it works and get you your number. It's time to start texting your audience versus just posting on social media. Everyone uses community 
for that. So go check them out at community.com. I can tell you it's not just great for communicating with my audience, but Chris and I use community and our texts to also sell out our launches. I'm telling you, you get such an incredible response because you really are creating a true deep sense of community and it's so intimate. It's freaking amazing. Go check it out at community.com. Hey, do you know what the big secret is this year? And it shouldn't be a secret because this should be your biggest focus. It is building your community. I am always working on building and nurturing my community. And everyone is talking about the power of community. Without an online community, you just cannot grow organically or create a real movement, which is what I know that we're all after. And you can build trust or monetize your audience. When you get community right, not only does your audience grow faster, but so do your sales. But where's everybody gonna be managing their communities these days? And a lot of online entrepreneurs and thought leaders are turning to circle.so. Circle is an all-in-one community platform. It lets you host content and create discussions, live streams, group chats, and memberships all under your own brand. And what's so cool about Circle.so is that you don't even need a website or Facebook group. Instead, Circle lets you build your own community site where you can host content and manage your members. You can even create locked and unlocked content spaces, groups, and classes. How freaking cool is that? You can put your content behind a paywall too, and you can charge different amounts of money for different spaces on your community site. Circle.so is famously easy to use, and it has a free 14-day trial for you, so you can go check it out, see if you like it, see if you love all the options. Just go to circle.so. Go check it out right now, you guys. Imagine being able to manage your community, start group chats and live classes, and accept payments all in one place. Kind of mind-blowing since this is usually spread all over the place. You have to log into so many different things. If this is the year to capture, organize, and monetize your community, head over to circle.so. You can get a free trial and start building your online community right now. Just go to circle.so. You guys, you get the 14-day free trial. So just go and see if it's for you. It's going to streamline everything and make your life so much easier. It's so freaking cool.